welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at the virtual Nifty 2020 from Seattle, Washington. My name is Jessica Stossel. I was one of your programmers this year, and I'm super excited to be here with our filmmaker, Kim. Hi, I'm Kim Tran. I'm from Austin, Texas, and uh, my film was Zoe and Hunt. Zoe and Han was in our Call Your Mother screening this year, and it was one of my favorites as well, so I'm super excited to talk about it. Thank you. I'm super excited (laughs) to chat about it. Yay. So the first thing that struck me about your film was the incredible actors that you got to work with, and I was just curious how you first found your mother-daughter pairing, how you worked with them, and how you built such a strong bond between them in a short film. So I played the daughter and I'm Vietnamese. So that's how I found the daughter. And then (laughs) uh, (laughs) for the mom, that was a funny story. So I'm, like I said, I'm from Austin and um, there is like an okay size Vietnamese population in Austin, nothing like Houston. uh, But even so there's not that many Vietnamese actors And then, Mm. you know, I needed a certain age range. So even within that age range, there's like, like literally you watched her. It's just her pretty much. (laughs) And, but the thing is like, I, knowing that, like, I didn't know she even existed. First of all, I was like, who, I'm just going to write this film and I'll figure out casting later. Like, I was like, maybe I'll have to find someone in another city. Mm. And then I, um, I didn't put out a casting call. I just kind of like reached out to people I knew, like uh, Vietnamese and Asian friends that I knew in the industry. And like, hey, do you guys know anyone that might fit this? Because I knew I might not be able to cast an actor. Like I might be casting a Mm non-actor. And then I already knew like one or two Asian actresses um, of that age range, but they weren't Vietnamese. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can do it where like, she speaks Chinese and then it like maybe I can make it more broad but in the end I was like no I don't think I can do that I think it has to be Vietnamese and my friend um uh, I forgot who it was Christine Vaughn she um was like hey I have the perfect person and she was like literally the only person in Austin uh Nguyen who who ended up being cast and she like when I auditioned her she was like amazing and I was like oh my god like not only was she the only one she was like the one (laughs) and so I just think it's a funny story because like everything worked out with her the way like like all the stars aligned um but so that's how I found her and then the love interest Andy is my partner Aww, so he's also nice an, like an actor and performer. Yeah, yeah. And he does comedy too. So I think the, that's why the chemistry probably looks, you know, right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was it like for you acting with someone playing your own mother after also writing this film? It was surreal. Also, Nguyen, like I say, Nguyen is like perfect for so many reasons. And another reason she's so perfect is she was one of, if not the first, one of the first Vietnamese families to like come to Houston. And so, and she was like, she's the youngest in her family. And when she came over, she was like, 
I think like five years old or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so she totally gets the perspective of where I'm coming from because she grew up in America from a young age with a Vietnamese mom. But at the same time, she is a mom now too. Like she's her, she's a Vietnamese mom now too, but she's not like the Vietnamese mom that I'm portraying in the film. Like, Mm -hmm. but she still is a mom. So she got, like she understood both, the mom's perspective and the daughter's perspective. She has a teenage daughter, one does. Um, and she kind of lives in this like in-between culture. And I think, you know, when we were, I already came to her with a script and that's what we auditioned with. But then she really helped me. Like, she was like, I don't think a Vietnamese mom would necessarily like say this phrase. I think it's more like, and we would tweak the Vietnamese and we went like line by line. And she was so, so useful. Um, and we did so many like rehearsal sessions at her house, just me and her like going, going through the script and then like physically staging everything and the the choreography of the hair and like how we would fight. And I think we talked a lot about like our own issues with our own moms and also (laughs) like immense love we have for our moms. And there's like Vietnamese moms are just so like intense and loving but tough and like I think she was she was so perfect for that yeah yeah it sounds like she really fits super well even in real life yeah 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 and she's like she's like I I was like man she's so like like when I see a Vietnamese woman of her age usually Mm -hmm. they're like my parents who came over here when they were teenagers so it's a little different because my parents are a little more conservative or I shouldn't say a little more, quite more conservative than she is. So that was also an issue I had where, but, or like an issue I was worrying about when I was making this film. Cause I was like, even if I find like, you know, a decent actress, will she understand mm-hmm. my perspective? And would she be down to do this film that has like sex and it's raunchy and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But when like, got it. And she, you know, she's like a hip, she's like, she's like a hip mom she's also more open to things than my mom would be so it like Mm -hmm. it was the perfect union for sure i'm curious if you've shown your parents this film and if you were in the room for their reactions (laughs) okay so (laughs) funny story um one so i have a film I have a film before this called Pussy Talk. I never show them that film. And then this film got (laughs) to South By. And I was like, well, I have to – I was like, it's South By. like, And I had people being like, it's South By. You have to, like, invite them. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I invited them. And I was like, the second after I invited them, I felt this, like, huge, like, dread in my tummy. (laughs) And then this was South By 2020, so – you know, the start of the pandemic, and then it got Mm -hmm. canceled. And obviously, that was very sad and disappointing. But the silver lining was like, I felt this huge, like, weight get lifted off of me because I was like, (laughs) oh, thank God, now my parents don't have to watch this film in a theater with other people. And so uh, the answer is no, they have not seen it. And I think having South by canceled and feeling that weight lifted, I was like, you know, what? I wasn't ready to show them the film. I think they are very conservative. They are very like, I. It would just it would open a lot of conversations that right. I don't think they would be ready to have, and I would not be ready. I like I would fear their reaction, and then I don't know how I. I think it would be better. Also, at the time I was living at home with them, so that 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a little different if I didn't live with them. And like right. now I live really far away from them. So I'd be like, oh, I'd be more open. Um, but at the time I lived with them, at the time I, you know, my partner wasn't allowed to stay over at the house. Mm-hmm. But now that I live, you know, I live outside the country with my partner now. And so it, mm-hmm. I think the conversation is a, is a little different. Like now because I think they have to accept like, oh, they live together. And, you know, they're assuming they're having sex together, you know. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's so funny that your parents still haven't seen it i love that and yeah. i've definitely they had films. any of my films they've seen like wow. some of my sketch comedy stuff but um mm. yeah that's that's another thing like it's just such a culture clash of like uh and different generational stuff that i i always wonder like I was like, what does it feel like to have like parents who will come to your screenings and be super supportive and like love whatever? Because I've never had that. And I'm like, oh, I want that. And I can't wait for maybe me to get a little older and, mm-hmm. you know, have them. Maybe I can do it then. Also, they're a little older. Maybe their minds have evolved a little and are more mm-hmm. open to things. So we'll see. Right. I know I've definitely had films where it's so ironic that it feels more comfortable just showing a bunch of strangers than specific people close to you. For but sure. I those yeah. are the best. I also was wondering, I guess, where you shot this and how long you took to shoot this film because it is so short, but I, it was made with so much care. Thank you. Yeah. So we uh, shot it in Austin, Texas. So I'm born and raised um, in Austin. I pretty much lived there my whole life um, until I moved. I live in Spain now with my partner. Ooh. But um, so we shot it there and we shot it inside my producer's slash production designer's apartment. So basically mm-hmm. we just needed um, we just needed like a bedroom and a bathroom. Yeah, a bedroom right. and a bathroom. And um, we were kind of like seeing where we could do it and they had just moved in so it was like and they were very minimalistic so their apartment was very empty um and it just made sense to do it in theirs and we I got like I moved my mattress from my room put it into my car and then like drove it you know (laughs) like 30 40 minutes down they live like um in traffic in Austin it's pretty far away so I Mm. we I I drove it um, to their apartment and we basically like everything you see in the film, it's like all my stuff or my partner's stuff that like we stuffed in my car and we drove it. And then like, we basically moved into their place and they were the best (laughs) about it. Like they, we shot it for two days. So for two days they had just moved Mm -hmm. their mattress into their living room and slept there. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so two days and um. It was at the, we had another scene that we were like struggling to finish shoot. And then in the end, it just didn't, Mm -hmm. it got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I was also going to ask if there was anything that was cut. So I'd love to hear about that scene. Yeah. So the ending originally was going to be, there's another scene after the ending that you watch where the boyfriend walks in Mm -hmm. and um, they have a little talk and they hug. And I think, when I was showing that cut to people, it just felt a little long and it felt a little unneeded. And I think it also sent the wrong message of like, this guy is going to, 
become the most important relationship in her life and it's gonna save her mm. sort of thing and I was like oh that's not what I was going for I was just I just wanted to end it on like a lighter note because right. I, I do comedy and like this, I did want to experiment with dramatic like more dramatic stuff with this film but in the end I, I also wanted to be funny but it just didn't land right and then um my editor was like why don't we just end it here and I was like wait I think that could actually work and then it like I I love I love the ending now compared to what it was so it was definitely the right move for the film yeah the pacing is really great I always have thought that this film feels more closer to like three minutes than the length that it is because it just goes by so nicely oh thank you what an Uh, what a compliment (laughs) because let me tell you editing it felt so long (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Going back to when you were writing this, first of all, I love the moment where the mom cuts off the daughter's hair. I think that was so creative. And I want to hear, first of all, if that came from anything in real life, which I hope not. Um, And then how you... Let me tell you, I will. (laughs) Because it did. (laughs) And then also how... You know, you included elements of realism from your own life, but also it's a vulnerable script. And I'm sure you had to disconnect from it a little bit in order to write it. So um, the haircutting thing, that was inspired by a real thing. I have a friend <laughs> um, in, in high school. She got in a huge fight with her mom and her mom like stormed out of the room and then came back with scissors and at the time my friend had really long hair and she just oh, grabbed no. like a fistful of my friend's hair and just went oh. snip and then they were they kind of just like stood there in shock at each other and then the later that night like her mom had to cut the rest of her hair into like a short bob <laughs> wow yeah so like that it wasn't a story that happened to me but it happened to um another asian american friend of mine because it it, Mm. like i think it's a pretty common thing where like first generation asian kids like their parents are like you're not allowed to date until like after Mm -hmm. high school or after college and that's what the fight was about because she had found out that um she her her daughter was her daughter aka my friend was like dating someone mm-hmm. um and she was not happy about it wow wait no i think it was actually okay and i'm remembering it wasn't just that she was dating someone i think she had already found out about the dating and she had told my friend to like break up with him and she mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so she had told my <laughs> friend to break up with him she didn't mm-hmm. and but said she did. And so they were essentially still dating. And I guess the mom found out and then cut my friend's hair. So it was like, it was like a little more convoluted, but essentially like she was dating someone and she wasn't happy about it. Wow. I cannot believe that came from a true story. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I, that's like my friend, um, she had told that to me when we were like becoming friends. And then I remember like before, as I was developing this film, I remembered that. And so I had her like, you know, like tell me more about the story. And then, um, what was I going to say? Uh, and then when I was, you know, like workshopping the script, people, I feel like it got mixed reactions. 
Mm-hmm. Like people would be like, holy fuck. Or like some people would be like, I don't buy this. But for me, because I knew it had happened to my friend, I was like, the I don't buy this note. I was like, but it did happen. And so I just like right. kind of focused on like seeing if I could make the build up more believable. But mm-hmm. I always like had in the back of my mind, like this really did happen. So it is like, I know I can make it believable somehow. And I just like made sure like uh, I, to like keep that truth in there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, you mentioned one of your past films a little bit earlier and I wanted to hear more about how Zoe and Han fits into your larger body of work and if there's any themes that we might see in future films from you. Yeah, so my last film was called Pussy Talk and it was about a rambunctious talking vagina. So this <laughs> uh, girl has, you know, a talking vagina and the vagina, her name is Gina. Gina is very like outgoing and, you know, loves to go after what she wants as what's on her mind. But like the mm-hmm. girl, her name is Kate. She's very like reserved. And so the short is basically um, the girl's on a date and she's really nervous and she wants it to go well. And the vagina is not having it. And Gina's just like, just go after him. And then when the girl holds herself back too much, basically um, Gina kind of like goes after the guy herself. And it's very physical because like it's, you know, like a lot of thrusting of the crotch and stuff. (laughs) Um, I I also play the girl too. And uh, I did it with a friend. the, The guy who plays it, his name is Jacob. And we had done improv together. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that one's way more comedic. Um, and it's, it ends up like basically spoiler, like her, she, like the, the vagina makes the guy so uncomfortable that he ends up like trying to leave. And then eventually the girl doesn't want him to leave. And she's like, you need to stay. And he's like, well, you need to talk to your vagina. Like, cause I don't like, I think she's upset. I don't, she's upset at you. You guys need to figure things out. And then it ends up just being like a love story between the girl and the vagina. And uh, Gina just ends, ends up making the girl orgasm next to the guy who is like, well, this was a <laughs> weird date. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's on my Vimeo too. Both both films are on my Vimeo. I'm I am working on a feature version of Zoe and Han, and it it's more so taking those two characters and then taking them places that I could have never gone in the short because it was just a shorter amount of time. But basically, mm-hmm. I wanted to explore, you know, um, like uh, Han, the mom. She kind of gets her coming of age. So in the story, the dad has died. And um, the mom is kind of in this place now where she can act like a teenager for the first time in her life. Because, like I said, my mom came over to America when she was a teenager. So post-Vietnam War, um, a lot of my mom's generation, they came over around teenager to, like, early adulthood. And if you can imagine, like, being that age, you know, it's already confusing enough. But they had to, you know, escape the communists um, a lot of them were boat people, so they escaped illegally on little boats out into the ocean for freedom. And like my mom and her family, they encountered pirates at sea and like crazy. Like I did not know pirates were a real thing. You know, like pirates to me, I was like my closest reference, like I grew up in the suburbs is like Pirates of the Caribbean. But like right. she was saying, like pirates came and took over their bow and cut off the captain's ear, stuff like that. And, you know, like people, the women of her generation 
from Vietnam who now live in America, they just, I feel like they got their childhood ripped away. And I kind of want to explore that now um, where Hunt is in a position where she can kind of like be a rebel child, be kind of wild. And then the daughter has to step up and take care of her mom and kind of like rein her mom back in. So that's what I wanted to explore in the feature. So you can call it Han and Zoe, right? Instead of Zoe and Han. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) Do you think think that you'll continue acting in your own films or are you planning on being in the feature version? I would like to be in the feature version. I'm right now I'm working on it. I got um, a grant by the Austin Film Society to write like a first draft of it. And I think it's something it's so personal to like how I grew up and my own mother that like I envi- like I feel like it's just like written like so many specifics to my life, so many specifics to like my family and like to my house in Austin and just like how I grew up in the suburbs in Austin and um I went to UT Austin for undergrad and grad school and so I feel like it's <clears throat> it's like this first film this first feature film I hope to make is so like it's so me that like I I feel like I have to act in it but I don't necessarily want to act in all my films like I think for my first thing I want it to be for my debut feature I want it to be you know like a like a very uh I don't know what the word is but like you know, like, this is me, this is who I am as an artist, but then Mm -hmm. I can go on, hopefully it's like, it opens doors for me that I can like make other films that don't necessarily have to be like, this is me. Like now I can do this story and I can do that story, you know? But I think with writing and with like indie filmmaking, a lot of times it's just easier because you can do more roles yourself. And then you can also, um, you can, have more creative control as well. And also, you know, I, I love acting and I love performing. I love comedy. So I think it's like the, the perfect next thing for me. Mm-hmm. Before we go, can you just leave us with where we can find you on social media and on the internet to see more of your work? Yeah, you can find me on Vimeo. Uh, I'm Kim Tran Texas. So just Vimeo.com slash Kim Tran Texas. And then on Instagram at kimtran.texas and you can see all of my stuff there also i wrote on season two of space force on netflix so you guys should check that out when it comes out well it's been great having you thanks so much kim yes it's been great having uh or talk not having you this is not my podcast it's been great (laughs) talking to you jessica and thank you so much for having me on it was really nice chatting and it flew by so quickly (laughs) and thank you everyone for listening for more information on nifty 2020 the talented youth and more emerging filmmakers you can check out nifty.org or find us on facebook and twitter at nfty or on instagram at nifty film and for more podcasts from party fish media you can search party fish media wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on social media at party fish media Party Fish Media Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. 
This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.